Welcome, welcome to Sunday Questions, the podcast. I could not be more excited to have you. We were just chatting off air and I can already tell that the energy you bring to TikTok and the content you create and how genuine it is, is very well reflected, even in just minutes of talking to you. So I want you to start off by just giving the people an introduction. I think everyone is going to be so excited to listen to who you are and if they aren't already familiar with your this week in 20 something hood series, they will find it and love it because I feel like that is the most targeted content for my audience as well. Everyone's kind of just navigating this weird period of life. And every time I meet someone new, I'm like, could you give me like the 500 word synopsis of your life? And you could exceed 500. You could do 5,000. I don't care. I'm just curious and want to know how you have found yourself in Santa Barbara making these beautiful, beautiful videos and doing things that you care about, surfing, making coffee, whatever it may be. How have you found yourself here? What is the Liam pitch? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I, I like when I first got your comment that was like, I need you on my podcast. I was like, in no way am I qualified to be on a podcast. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. Um, but I, my name's Liam and I grew up in Berkeley. I'm d- just starting my last year at UC Santa Barbara. I started making videos. Like, it's so weird to say I make videos now because it's been like maybe two months. Um, so it's like not at all who I think of myself as, but I started making videos. I think just because like, I had really been inspired by Blake of today's videos. If you haven't seen those, you should definitely watch them because he's a phenomenal writer, but he does this his his kind of weekly prompt is like this week in fatherhood and i kind of took that and i did like you know this week in 20 somethinghood um and i think i think part of it was definitely like i was pretty anxious i this is my fifth year um in my undergrad because i took time off during covid and i was like pretty anxious like i wasn't here during the summer and i was anxious about moving back into a new house with new people and i felt like all my friends had graduated and it's also like that last year of college, like it's just supposed to be so great. And you want to like do all, you just want to have the best time. So I think like, I, I think part of the reason I started making these videos was to like, in, in, in some respect, just like kind of romanticize that last year of college and also kind of like keep track of like what I'm doing so I can look back on them. Amazing. And you're doing such a beautiful job of archiving these. I watch them religiously. I like sit down. Like, I, will, I won't watch these things when I'm on a walk. I won't watch them in passing. Like I will sit down because they're beautiful and like the cinematography of them, even if it's, I don't know if you're shooting on your iPhone or not, but they're just stunning and everything, like every thought, do you follow Tim Chuzano? I do. Yeah, I do. So I, he, you remind me of him in the sense of how thoughtful, like every single word of his script is when he's writing, whether it's improv or he's actually been writing it down. And I took a class a few years ago that was like writing tiny love stories. So you only had a hundred words to like tell a whole love story. And the challenge was like, we have to pick the most intentional words. And obviously there's a, a time kind of limit on TikTok. Obviously it's gotten a little bit bigger. Now you could do like 10 minutes if you wanted to. But what I've been so impressed with with your work is one, the cadence is so relatable. It just is like calming everything you say, even if it's talking about grief or talking about change, whatever it may be. It's just so easy to feel comfortable hearing it. And also just everything you say seems so genuine and honest. And I'm curious because it is such a thoughtful series. If there's a lot of writing that goes into that process, or if there is like a journaling pre that, or like, how are you 
archiving throughout the week these things that are happening to you or things you're doing that are meaningful? Is it through video? Is it through writing? I, I, so I have, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm still developing my process because I've only been doing this for like six weeks or eight weeks or something. Um, I'm catching on the, on the front end of this yeah, startup. This is like the beginning for real. I love um, it. It's a really strong start. It's, it's crazy. Honestly, when I made the first one, I was like, okay, my friends will watch it. And like, it's just a fun thing for me to make. And then like, wow, I think like 40,000 people watched it now, which is just insane. But yeah, so I have, a, I have a running Google doc and I also have, I also use the notes app on my phone. Um, if I just think of something really quickly and I don't have time to flush, flush the whole thing out. Um, but it's hard. Like I, um, it's hard to cut down your writing to one minute. It's you basically get 250 words, 300 words. If you, I think my videos typically land around like 300 words. They're at like a minute and 15, but it, it's, it's hard. I, I, I'll just like kind of do like train of thought, write down everything, write down a bunch of things I, I think might work in the video. And then I'll go through, I'll go through like two, probably like three or four times actually, and cut it down and then do a final draft of the script. And then, all, like I always read my scripts aloud because stuff you write down is going to sound different than when you read it out loud. So then I read it out loud a couple of times and then I do the voiceover. So um, that's the process for the script. And then in terms of like just videos, some days I have like, a, okay, I'll kind of film my day like step by step, like kind of Tim does. And some days it's just kind of like, okay, I'll just film stuff if I have time or like see something pretty. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of Tim's YouTube videos, but he... Um, in one of them, he just says, like, you know, he doesn't stress about getting the shot. If he gets it, he gets it. If he doesn't, like, say la vie. And I've been, like, trying to remember that because, like, it takes a lot of time to, like, it's a lot of time to set up these, to set up the shots if you, if you want, like, your, your day by day, you know, play by play. Yeah. I've been experiencing that too as I've been making more, like, day in the life stuff. I'm like, how do people get, their whole day and also it, it's hard for me to overlook the fact that like if you want a video of you getting out of bed like you have to get out of bed and set up the camera and it's just like a very humbling experience that's so real that's so real, so real. Like, everybody like, knows I'm fake oh exactly. everyone knows I didn't wake up with like what kind of storage do I have to have my phone on all night that I can yeah. wake up to it but it is it is so thoughtful and it goes into the process of like this is something you want to do and it's a creative endeavor and there's always going to be kind of hoops you have to jump through and do you study writing or anything? I I don't actually. Someone asked this the other day. They were like, um, they were like, what's your major? Like, is it related to the videos? And I was like, no, it's like, it's environmental studies and, and geography. So it's not, yeah, it's not writing. <laughs> it seems like you're capturing all the things you care about. And that's all that really matters, regardless of what your major does. My major has like nothing to do with anything I do, but it's fun to learn. Something that you and I were kind of damning about because you have mentioned sobriety in a few of your videos and of my podcast. I think my sobriety episode, it has the most listens, which makes me so happy because to know that people our age are like curious at all about talking about sobriety, um, listening to a conversation about it is really special. And you told me that you just hit five months sober, which is so awesome. And I remember like I initially set out for 30 days sober. And I know you said that you would initially set out for six months and then now you're like, wow, I really enjoy it. But I wanted to hear your story with sobriety, just because based on a lot of the things that I've heard you say in the videos, I feel a lot of resonance with the motivations to leave alcohol behind, like perhaps temporarily, perhaps permanently. I've been sober for two and a half years and it's like, I'm never going to look back. 
but there were things, just things you said where it's like, you're going back to a house where you felt like you made decisions that didn't align with you now. And I completely understand that. Like I have a scar on my arm from falling down a flight of stairs at a Nashville bar. And I'm like, that was not a good look. And people I think hesitate to ask about that because they think it's so separate from who you are now or who you're becoming. And I'm sure it still feels rather new being five months in, but those for every version of Liam obviously is integrated into the one who is sitting here now. And so I'm just curious what that journey has been like. Totally. I mean, first of all, like congrats to you two and two and a half years is, is so awesome. And I I listened to that, that episode on sobriety and that was, that was so well done. So props to you. Yeah. I, I didn't drink at all in high school. Like I think that was just like kind of the dynamic of my friend group plus like yeah it just wasn't something I was interested in and then I mean you know coming to UC Santa Barbara it it does have a party school reputation and like I would I would agree with that now I mean I think it's you get out what you put into it but um for sure like I got to college and and all my all my all the friends I found were had had drank in high school and they were like you know we're going out every weekend and let's drink and I was like yeah I want to try that like that's that seems fun like it seems like you guys have fun doing that so let me try um yeah freshman year it wasn't too bad I basically like just couldn't really keep I couldn't really drink that much freshman year and then COVID happened so I went home and and didn't drink and um anyway then I then I came back to then I came back to school after COVID after a year off and um I was living off campus and um then you know I turned 21 and you know started buying my own alcohol and it was just like it just I I think it wasn't really I wasn't really concerned about it, even though I was like blacking out um, maybe once a month until like last year, my my junior year. Um, I was drinking a lot and I was also dating someone who liked to drink a lot. And, um, you know, even after I had nights that like, you know, where I blacked out or I, you know, I made decisions that like hurt people or myself, like I would wake up the next day and like all the people around me would be like, oh, you know, just like drink less next time, you know, like it's not you know, you don't have to stop drinking. And I was just like, I think in the back of my head, I was like, uh, yeah, okay. Like, I don't know about that. And it just, it got to a point where like, it really affected my relationship with the person I was dating. And like, I ended up in the hospital one night. And I think after that, I was like, all right, like, I didn't, I'm not going to swear off this forever, but like, we need to stop for a while. And so um I, I went sober like in uh, May, in May. And this was like when all my friends were graduating because they, they hadn't taken time off during COVID. So like there was a lot of celebration and, and champagne, et cetera. And it was so, it was a hard time to stop drinking, but I think also like a really valuable time to stop drinking as well. And also like, I went through a breakup during that time. And so to like, to just like have to sit there and process all those feelings and not like use alcohol to like, numb it was like really hard at the time but I'm so glad I chose to do it that way and um and I went home for the summer and that was also really helpful and now it's just like now it's just like I just feel so much better like I don't have any anxiety like when we go out to parties like I like I'm in total control like I know I'm gonna be able to walk home and like take care of other people if they need help and um and I don't like like yeah it's still like nerve-wracking to talk to people talk to new people but like that's just like that's like also exciting you know like I think that's just a good skill to develop so like going out sober is like I've honestly like I don't feel like I'm missing out really and I 
I just sleep so much better and I feel so much better overall. And I mean, as you said in, in that sobriety episode, like I don't care if other people drink, like it's not, it's not like, it's not on them. Like it's just me and my relationship to it. So it's been awesome. And I like, I was kind of scared when I hit five months. Cause I was like, Oh snap, like six months coming fast. And like a month ago, I was definitely talking to people like who were like, Oh, I miss when you used to drink. And like, cause they hadn't seen me all summer and they were like, so excited for to drink with you again. And I, and a month ago I was kind of like, yeah. And now I'm like, mm, I'm probably, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I just feel better. So yeah, that's, that's, I guess the, my story. I love it. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I know it's not always easy to talk about those things. Just, it feels like very intimate to you because I think a lot of people who have become sober and experienced like a not great relationship with alcohol, whether it is blacking out or it is just harming your life in any way and making your life more difficult. It can feel like no one's understanding just how bad it is. And it is like, I had so many people tell me like, oh, well just like drink less or just eat more before you go out. And that was never the issue. It was truly like a neurological thing and just the habits that I was building around drinking. And so I have the utmost respect for you, especially as a man in college, because so many of my guy friends have talked to me over the years of me being sober in college and been like, I would love to not drink, but I just don't know how to configure myself into a role where I can still be really close with my guy friends and have that community of young men and also be sober. And it's just like that juxtaposition of growing up. And it's like, some people are going to be at a place where they can accept that. And some people aren't going to know how to relate to you if you're not drinking with them. So I really commend you for doing that, especially at the school like UCSB, like even I hear just like how much fun it is and things like that. And on the opposite side of drinking, because you have these amazing metrics um, that are quite the opposite of going out that you will like measure your videos at the end of being like jumped in the ocean this many times, rode this many miles and uh, screen time. And it might seem obvious to listeners or to people who watch your videos, like what those metrics kind of represent, but I wanted to get into it with you. Cause I wonder why you chose those metrics in particular. Like what does, I'm sure the limitation of screen time probably represents like presence and things like that. But I'm just curious, like what are these activities that you're filling your time with? And what does it mean to you when you've been on your phone less? What does it mean to you when you've spent more time in the ocean? Like what does that represent to you as someone who is evolving very much and also documenting that evolution? Yeah. Um, this So the screen time thing, that's like just a direct take from Blake's videos. So again, go watch Blake's videos because they're amazing. Um, I think, but I, I think like for me, like screen time is so hard because I think as a generation that kind of grew up as the like iPhone and smartphone developed, like it's like, you almost have to have, you know, you almost have to have social media to kind of be plugged in with people, which is hard. Um, So I think like this, the screen time one is hard because it's like a necessary evil, but you know, as much as you can minimize it, like, I think I just feel better knowing that like, you know, I like, I know how I feel after I spend an hour on Instagram. Like it's, I don't feel like I did a lot. So um, that's definitely, as you said, like, I feel like I was more present in my life that week. Um, And then the other, I think the other metrics I, I use every week, it's just like, I think I like 
I reflect on the week and I try and think about like the highlights. Like last week, um, like I got someone gave me a free cappuccino, um, like which was awesome. And like I think like trying to remember the little ha- things that happened over the week, like even if you were in class all week, like whatever it was, like maybe you maybe you got a hundred on assignment or something. Like I think like trying to remember the small things and like appreciating those is like I think that's why I use them because like um I think they help you they help me like romanticize my life like I know I'm not gonna live right next to the ocean like I the ocean is like 500 yards that way and like um I know I'm not gonna live right here forever so it's like to be able to say like yeah I jumped in the ocean every day this week like I think makes you feel a little bit better about like I'm like utilizing my my time here even though it feels like I have a long time it's like not that's awesome I always find like and I want to ask you about this just because I always I will like pepper people with questions regardless of when I met them or what they're giving me. I'm like, I just need to know. I'm so curious what your pockets of joy are, because I think you do a really good job of capturing them, whether it's starting or like restarting. I think you said your job at the coffee shop or the video you made about your one friend, which I thought was the most touching, beautiful thing about how I will, I think about it actually very often how you said that it kind of becomes obsolete when someone passed on and everyone says that they were this like extraordinary person and you were acknowledging in the moment, your living friend, how awesome he was and what a good friend. And it just was like, I've been thinking about it a lot when I greet my friends and just like acknowledging how awesome they are while I have them. But I'm curious what your pockets of joy are. Like, what are the things you're finding joy in as a senior in college and someone who is really as I am, because I'm also a senior on the cusp of this whole, like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Um, how much money are you going to make? And it's like all of these questions that just become kind of overwhelming. So I know that I find little pockets of joy everywhere, but I'm curious what yours are. Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, the first one that came to mind is if you live in a college town, go get like, get up 30 minutes before the sunrise and like, go walk around. And like the feeling like watching the sunrise in your college town where you're probably going to see like maybe 10 other people for the next hour is like unreal. And like maybe not if it's cloudy, but like if it's a clear day, like go watch the sunrise in your college town, because I think that is like such a special time because it feels it's quiet and it feels like it feels like it's just very peaceful and it's really pretty and it feels like it's like your town. So I would say get up early. Like if it's like one day a week, just get up early and like, just go walk around. Um, I think, I think sunrise, I've really been appreciating the sunrise recently, partly because I work at a coffee shop and I have to be up early, but also um, just in general, like I think being sober also like my sleep schedule is kind of like um, go to bed earlier, wake up earlier, which I really, I really enjoy. Um, besides that, I would say, surfing for sure um it's just like it's just magic to get to swim in the ocean and especially to like when you're like I think surfing is so rewarding really quickly once you get the hang of it and you can stand up on your own like the feeling that feeling of of riding like this this force that like has just it just feels like flying and like so surfing to me is like so addicting and I really try not to let it get in the way of like my school and my relationships which I've been getting better at but for sure like surfing is incredible and 
I also drink a lot of coffee and like, even though I get the same coffee every day, like that is such, that is such a treat. Um, yeah. I think those are, those would be my like top three right now. Yeah. I'm the exact same way with coffee. I go to this bakery that has, it's so funny because their coffee, they think that their coffee is like nothing special, but I love it. And I love the experience of going and I'll go and just order a nice coffee. And they're like, we have so many baked goods and you never get them. I'm like, I just bought your coffee and your company. You guys are so awesome. So I think I totally understand that. And I love the little moments of sparking joy there. I'm curious because you spent, it seems like your entire life on the West Coast. Is there an interest for you in venturing out and going to other places after college? Or is it like you love the West Coast you want to stay in California, this lap of life is just going to be spent in California? That's, that's a good question. I, I, I think about that a lot, especially as, as like, you know, you know, graduation looms near and near and, and you start getting those questions of what you're doing next. Um, I, I, I would totally love to live somewhere else. I mean, I think it would be, I think everyone should live like somewhere else other than like where they grew up for like at least a year in their lives I mean it's so eye-opening um I I can't say I want to move to the east coast I mean I I I rode my bike around New England this summer for like three weeks which was awesome and I it's so gorgeous in the summer um and I loved Boston actually it was my first time in Boston and Boston was amazing um but I think yeah like I mean people people say like I think like, you know, the running joke is like people in California just think it's the best. And like, it's true. Like, <laughs> like we do. And um, it, it, I'm not even from California and I think California is the best and I will make everyone know it. Yeah. I, I think like I would definitely move outside of California, like, but I, I don't know if I would move like East of the Rockies, like the, the, the mountain West is just so pretty. And when you grow up, when you just, when you grow up, around those places like it's just hard to leave um but i am fortunate enough to have um i'm eligible for irish citizenship because of my because of my family and so my mom and i are working on getting my eu passport before i graduate um because that would be so amazing to go and be able to work in the eu for a little bit at least um but but yeah i i, I will say that like the stereotype about people th- people being elitist about california is like I feel like it's for good reason. <laughs> I, I'm with you. And I also, I have family in Ireland and a lot of my friends from home are also Irish, have dual citizenship and have gone and spent time there and they've all raved about it. So if you need a vote of confidence on that endeavor, there you go. But it is, I mean, if you love, I think that's what I heard someone say on a podcast the other day that he like referred to different lives like different lifetimes I guess as like this lap around and he's like this is like this lap I really like this lap around like life around the sun or whatever it is and I was like that really resonated with me because I was like that's so true and I like to appreciate exactly what I have in this lifetime um and so I, I really respect that I respect the idea of being like well I don't know but also like if you love where you are I always found that like, so I just was always enthused when I would talk to people from like Denver, I talked to people from California and they were like, so gung ho about where they're from. Like it, you would have to get me really amped up to get raving about New Jersey. It would not, <laughs> it would not happen easily, but also like if, you're, if you love surfing that much, I think that's, that's a good reason to stay by the ocean. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's definitely a commitment to live by the ocean. Um, 
I mean, even growing up in Berkeley, people are like, oh, that's on the ocean. Like, no, not really. It's on the bay. Like, but you don't want to swim in the bay. That's that's gnarly. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely commitment to the ocean. But I think like I think people who who have a relationship with the ocean just understand that it's like it's kind of like hard to it's hard to explain really like um I just it's it's helped me through so much and it gives me so much so that and also just like um I think the west just has so many outdoor spaces and I'm privileged enough that like my parents took me to a bunch of those growing up and like accessibility of those spaces is like a huge issue that needs to be addressed in this country but like that's like those spaces do so much for us and so to live around so much public public spaces is, is just incredible it's amazing and speaking of um outdoor spaces and utilizing them am i making it up that you biked an extremely long distance this past year so okay so the summer of 2021 my one of my high school friends and i um his name's luca we decided to spend the whole summer riding our bikes from berkeley to utah to montana to seattle and then back down to berkeley and like we spent our whole summer doing that um that's a <laughs> there's a lot that happened that summer that's a great story and then this summer i like flew my bike and all my camping gear into boston and then spent like three weeks biking from like boston to vermont to upstate new york to new hampshire to maine and then back to boston <laughs> insane have you read the book um to shake the sleeping self no, but one of my coworkers is like, every time I talk to them, they're like, you need to read that book. And I keep forgetting to read it. You, it is my favorite. First of all, as some, because you are a very beautiful and eloquent writer, this is some of the most beautiful writing I've ever read. But also it's a story about how him and his friend biked from LA to Patagonia. And it is just like, the. T- I'm sure there's probably things that only people who have rode for that distance would understand. There was like things I was like, I would never subject myself to that. But I did think I saw on your Instagram that you had biked to Montana. And I was like, that is actually insane. I'm curious, is there any particular kind of like granule of a lesson that you pulled out of that experience? If not many of them? Oh man, that's hard. That trip was, that trip was really hard for a lot of reasons, but not least because like we had been planning it with another friend. Um, and he like suddenly passed away before, before he could join us on the trip. And so like, for a lot of reasons that trip was hard, but like, I think not least because of our friend passing away who like we were, had been planning this trip with for nine months. And, but I think um, a quote I've been thinking about a lot recently and one that I re- try to remind myself when I'm on the bike and we're riding a, a long way is that um, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I don't know who said it. You can, I'm sure it's credited somewhere, but um I think even if it's like, even if you're just, it, I, I apply it to everything. Like whether you're like, as whether it's like going really slow up a hill or you're like, or you're just getting out of bed every day, like slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I think of it like a little bit of progress is going to like build up and you're going to build momentum. And so, um, yeah, I could probably talk about that. I could probably write a book about that summer, but like, um, I think that's one way, one thing I would definitely take away from it. That's incredible. And I'm so sorry about your friend. That is just like I, the way that you talk about them in your videos, even just the times you've mentioned the grief and experiencing that 
two and a half years, some later has been for me, even though I don't know this person and I'm just now speaking to you for the first time really is so touching. And my roommate lost a really dear friend when we were in high school. And I always tell her that the way she talks about him and the way she honors his life is the most touching thing. And it like really does infuse me with this sense of gratitude for the people who are here and are healthy and are still with us. And we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, obviously, because I know that that's like such a heavy topic from day to day. Some days it just like really hurts. And some days it feels like it's, you want to chat about them all the time, but I wonder, and I'm curious, and again, we don't have to talk about it, the intersection of growing up and I can just tell that you're a very thoughtful person about growing up and losing people and how that makes you reflect on your life, whether it's a friend or a family member. I know you're a thoughtful person and I just am wondering if there's anything that you feel like it doesn't have to be something you learned either. It could just be something that you've dealt with and maybe are still dealing with of like reconciling the fact that growing up is going to come inherently with loss and that it still doesn't make it any easier or any better. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't mind talking about him at all. It's just, I think it's so hard to like do these people justice to like, you know, talk about people who passed away. It's hard to do them justice when you are like meeting when you're with people who didn't know them or, um, if they haven't, if they haven't experienced grief on the same level, it's so hard. And like, I, I mean, I hadn't experienced grief so close to me until, until this friend passed away. And like, it's so funny because there's so many cliches about um, death, but as soon as, as soon as you experience it, like they all become true. I just had one on the top of my head and now I'm going to forget it. But I think, I don't know if you've seen the TV show, The Good Place, but. Yes, I have. Okay. If you if you're gonna watch the good place and you haven't, I'm gonna spoil it right now. But at the end of the the end of the show, um, they like achieve their goal of like creating this this space where like people are like eternally gonna be happy and can have their every desire, and they just become like ambitious, like mindless zombies because they just like can have anything they want. And and what the protagonist realizes is that like there has to be an end to something, or like there has to be pain for us to enjoy the best parts of life. And like, I would trade so many things to have this friend back, but I also like, I am like, I have also just become so grateful that I like have had this experience. Um, Not to say I wouldn't change it, but to have this experience and to have, we had a really close friend group of eight people from high school that he was into. So to like have that support system, but also go through this experience with them, like I think has just made, I just like it's so much I think I pay attention to the little things so much more and it's just like going through pain and going through hardships and and going through struggles like just make the highs so much more rewarding and so like you know six months ago like I was going through like a gnarly breakup breakup and also like was just being sober and it was just like such a low point but I think like those low points just make you make it's like what makes the high points high like <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense here but like oh, sure. I love it yeah you like grief grief is is such such a such an overwhelming experience and so hard in so many ways but um I think when you reach the point that when you've accepted it and 
and you've sat with it for for long enough like it just becomes uh i just feel grateful for it at this point that's i'm i'm really glad that you were able to talk about it because one i'm sure your friend lives alongside the the love that you and your friends probably all foster for him um just alongside and you know wherever whatever happens and uh, I thought it was special when you posted that video the other day about being able to grieve with someone with people who knew the same person as you and I think that is also I just I've been thinking a lot about like growing up and how it's very subtle I've like my experience of growing up it's been like all the little things that people talk about the cliches of like you're gonna want to be near family and you're gonna do this and you're gonna fall in love and it's like yeah okay whatever and then I'm like, oh, they were all right. Like, how are they all right? Um, and it just has been like, that's been the experience. But uh, my community lost someone that I'd grown up with a few weeks ago. And I remember like the, the first thing that really made me feel the weight of it all was that I was 900 miles away. And the people that I was at school with, like you can tell someone that you lost someone, but no one really knows what it feels like until you're with the people from your community. So I'm really glad that you got that gathering. Um, to see your friends from home and see people who knew this person because it's such a treasure. And also, what is the sport that they were playing? What is the sport that you and your friends play? We, I I should say, well, okay, I'll say we play competitive ultimate frisbee. Um, and I guess we have for like, I mean, some of them since sixth grade now. So some of them have been playing like a decade. One of my friends from here who actually happens to be from Santa Barbara is a big ultimate Frisbee player. And he showed me videos and I was like, yeah, I could never be even remotely okay at Frisbee. So I'm very impressed. It really is cool. That's why I think I was so drawn to your content upon seeing the first video was like, it looks to me. And of course, social media is edited and it's beautiful and everything. But it does look to me that you are creating this life that is very unique to you. And you could even say that within you creating these videos, it's a very rare thing, I think, and not to generalize at all. I know that there's plenty of like male people, male creators who are making really genuine content, but I do think it is kind of a more rare thing. Like, I feel like every girl I know now, not to diminish any of them, does like a day in my life video and I love it. I'm the first person to be like, everyone to post their days. I want to see what everyone's up to. But I think it really is cool that you are, whether you realize it or not, like really forging this whether it's a community or outside of TikTok as well, like this world that is really unique to you and your spirit. And I just think it's outstanding. Thank you. That's, I, I really appreciate it. I, yeah, it, it is. Um, it's definitely hard. Like I, I, I haven't, I know. So my friend Graham, who I made that one video about, I know he, he, he actually doesn't have TikTok, but I'll show him. I'll show him the videos I make. But the rest of my housemates, uh, it's we kind of haven't really addressed like these videos, and I I don't know if they. I think maybe a couple of them have have TikTok, and maybe they've seen my videos. But it's it is it it's hard. Like I you know it's um, I'm talking about vulnerable vulnerable things, and it's like I I haven't shown my mom these videos because like there's things in there like I'm not ready to talk about my talk about with her yet and so for sure it's 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 hard to it can be hard to like I think being being a man and having these societal expectations of like you know what being a man looks like is um can make can make 
can make it hard to share to share these videos and and whatnot but um yeah i think i think two things that two things i would say is like um i think taking time off from school really helps me be like okay like i can be a person like i know who i am without school and like i can be a person and not go to school like that's okay because like none of my friends from high school did that or like we're doing that um and um i think also i think the combination of like going through grief and like i was just really lucky like with my friend group and they're they're super vulnerable people and so like they set a really good example for me in high school of just saying how you're feeling and doing what you want um regardless of what people think and and so uh yeah i would say them and and like grief too is like you know we, you don't get that much time here so it's like do what you're gonna do and like yeah it's embarrassing to make tiktoks sometimes and like even <laughs> even though i think my tick even though like my tiktoks are kind of different than what you think of when you hear the word tiktok like i think just saying the word tiktok sounds so silly and so to tell people you make tiktoks and then they think of like you dancing it's like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're renegating meanwhile you're like making a, exactly. a short film yeah exactly. oh that's really special that is i mean i can't even imagine and i i we can wrap up soon but i just having you on is like such a refreshing source of inspiration and just I my intention with the podcast because I had guests on I'll have, I'll have people reach out and be like hey I would love to come on the podcast and just chat and I wanted to be really intentional about using this platform to have people on that I'm really curious about and have people on that I want to know about and I want to create a friendship with and also just giving people an opportunity to tell their story in a way that they haven't been able to tell it before and so maybe like a friend can listen to this and be like wow the Liam I knew when I was 16 is actually quite different than the Liam who is talking now. And like, that's really special to be able to document that kind of evolution as we've been talking about. I want to circle back just because I know that I have a lot of men who listen to the podcast and people will reach out and you're like, I would love if you could have a guy on who would talk about vulnerability because it is like, it's amazing that in a lot of female communities, it's so taken for granted that we can talk about our emotions and there's this language for how are you feeling and how are you doing and even though sometimes it can be painted as like dramatic or hysterical it really is at the end of the day a safe space to talk about how you're doing I'm curious how you have found outlets whether it's a friend like Graham or your friends from home or the ocean or if it's biking um, or therapy or journaling how have you found like pockets to release kind of those feelings or at least talk through them and work through them to a point where you can sit with them yeah I mean I'm I'm like super privileged in that like I can see a therapist and like um I think that's I I started seeing her like a few months after my friend died and that's like that is helpful but it's not like that is not like the uh the the one-stop shop for, for being vulnerable. Like, yes, I think it helps you talk about your feelings, but you also, I have, there have been so many things that I have just not addressed my therapist for months because I still, like, I didn't want to talk about them. And so, um, I, I think, I think, I think doing active stuff for, for guys is super helpful. Like you do not have to, you do not have to make 
prolonged eye contact with your guy friends to be blown roll with them. Like that is scary. Like don't try that. <laughs> like you don't have to do that. Um, like you can, you can play basketball or whatever it is. I'm terrible at basketball, but go, go for a walk or whatever it is. Like go jump in the ocean if you can, or I don't know, go on a hike, but like, um, you not making like doing something active takes the pressure off. Cause it's like, Oh, we're not just going to have a conversation about our feelings. Like we're going to go do this thing. Uh, two, um, you like, it is so scary to jump on that, jump off that cliff and go first and say, Hey, here's how I'm feeling about this. Or like, Hey, I'm anxious about this. Or like, it's so scary to initiate those conversations as a guy, but I promise you like every guy is just like, also right there with you ready to jump off that cliff and, and talk about it because like guys don't get to talk about it. Um, and I, I don't know if, I don't know how well known this idea is, but like, I think, you know, you hear people, you hear people talk about that, like um, guys, like you compliment a guy, he'll think about it for years. And, and that's so true. That is so true. Guys, guys really don't get complimented. Um, so I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard. I, I would, I, I would, I wish I had like a, a easy 12 step program, but it's, I'm just really grateful for my high school friends who, who, who set a great example for me. And, um, I think you also just have to have the courage to like go first and like, I promise you it's probably going to go well. And if it's not like that's on them, like they're dealing with their own stuff. I promise it's not you. So it, like, don't be afraid to try again. I just want to wrap that up and like put it everywhere for every guy to hear. Cause it is like, it's like, how do you stand? And that's so funny. Cause as a woman, it's like so many men have women in their life who are like their emotional outlet. Um, and it, it's like, you are going to find so much resonance. You'll find a lot of comfort if you are a man who has, is investing your emotional experiences in a woman, but also I think it is like so, so special and crazy to grow up in the experience of being a man and dealing with masculinity. And so the fact that you just spoke to that so eloquently, I hope everyone hears it. And I hope like, it's like, that's exactly what you're doing with your videos. I think that's also why I'm so inspired by you is like, there are so many men and boys on TikTok, whether they are 50 year old or if they are 12 and they're seeing your videos and they're like oh it's okay to talk about this in fact it's inspiring to talk about this and being vulnerable is so cool and obviously it's gonna take some time for some people to get there and I totally get it but I'm just really grateful for your work and I know that it's only been like two months and I'm acting like this is like a whole career and but it really does like it seems I'm just so excited to see where it goes whether you do want to like write a book or make a film or whatever it ends up being or if you just want to keep making the videos like I really am invested in your happiness above all things because it really has just like become a source of comfort for me to look at your videos and I want to wrap up with a few I always do rapid fire questions with guests all right always starts off with what is your favorite donut oh my gosh wow I haven't had a donut in forever uh crap it's probably just the glazed donut like it's that's so hard to beat like that's just I think that's just classic that's the most popular answer what is your coffee order oh coffee order okay it's a it's a cappuccino with oat milk because I am am not I'm not built like that so I have to drink oat milk oh I'm not but I actually put whole milk in my coffee this morning and I was like oh I just gotta I just gotta run with it and I regretted it immediately okay 
who is your other than Blake of today who is like a creative inspiration for you oh man I was I was gonna say earlier like I I don't know if you ever watched Casey Neistat when he was doing daily vlogs but um I just saw I used to watch those religiously and I just saw an interview with him or something but he he said that he, he said 90% of your shots should be static. And I have taken that and I have like, that is like my cardinal rule is like 90% of your shots should be static. Like just put your phone on the ground or like lean it against something because um, it looks better. And as he says, like your eyes process so much that when something's not moving, it's easier for the eye to see, but that I would like, if you, if anybody wants is even thinking about making a video, that's my one tip, like 90% of your shots be static, do it. You won't regret it. It looks so good. I'm, I personally am going to steal that. That's awesome. Okay. Favorite TV show ever. Oh, ever. It's so it's, uh, it's, it's psych. If you've ever seen the TV show psych. Yes. I love, I love psych favorite book you've ever read. Oh man. It's, um, it's educated by, oh, I'm going to forget her name now. Um, Tara Westover memoir about a woman who was raised in like a super, super strict Mormon household in, in Idaho and like the story of her life. It's an amazing book. You should read it. Oh, sorry. Wait, I'm going to plug a book that no, I've never met anyone who's ever read this book. Um, it's called Mr. Penumbra's 24 hour bookstore. It is like the perfect, like quick, comforting, easy read. And it's, um, this guy loses his job in the tech recession in San Francisco and he stumbles upon a 24 hour bookstore and he gets a job as the clerk. Um, and he soon realizes that he's stumbled upon a secret society and the rest of it, the book is him trying to figure it out. And so it's a great book. It's super easy to read and you'll just have a good time with it. Oh, I'm going to read that. And I'm going to read educated because I've heard from so many people that it's something that I need to read. Okay. Last thing what is the best thing that has happened to you in October and what is something you're looking forward to in November? Oh, that's a good question. I, okay. In October, I cannot believe it's almost November. I did, I did an overnighter, just a one night bike trip up to the Ridge that overlooks Santa Barbara, um, which is something I've been telling myself that I was going to do ever since I brought my bike down here in uh, fall of 2021. So it only took me <laughs> two years to do it but I finally did it and it was amazing in November I, I so I've I've ridden my bike a lot but I've never raced bikes and I have just been convinced by my friends to sign up for a bike race at, at Cal Poly slow uh the first weekend of November and so I'm a little nervous but I think it's gonna be a good time oh you're gonna crush it you are absolutely gonna crush it that is amazing okay well we can wrap up but I am requiring that six to 10 months from now, you come back on the podcast because we need Liam updates. I also just know everyone's going to love you and think that you are the coolest person ever, coolest guest because you truly are. And I just cannot thank you enough for coming on and imparting your wisdom on us and sharing your story so beautifully. You are just like a gem in the universe. And I'm just so happy to have connected and to have found your videos. Also for anyone who doesn't know how I got Liam on the podcast, I commented, need you on my podcast, sir. Because I'm obsessed with videos, as you guys can probably tell. And I'm just really, really grateful to have had you on. This was so much fun. I like, I, this was so much fun. And I'm so glad, I'm so honored that you asked me. Um, I, I almost like want to start my own podcast so I can ask you questions. Like, 
do it. You can, I mean, start the podcast, it's like everyone's like, oh yeah, podcasting. I'm like, no, I do it because I love to make people have an hour to sit down with me so I can ask them all of my silly questions that I usually just want to ask over coffee. Love it. Well, I'll let you go, but thank you so much for coming on. And I will talk to you because I swear you have to come back on.